a giant pastry in Bordeaux, sriracha donuts, and a different kind of macaron. This week, it's all about sweets and desserts. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. You found the place where food and travel meet at DestinationEatDrink.com, on the Destination Eat Drink YouTube channel, and here on the Destination Eat Drink podcast. And with the holidays upon us and everyone sharing treats, I thought we'd revisit a few of my favorite conversations about sweets and desserts. We're sampling Stroopwafels in Holland, Donuts in Asheville, Pan au chocolat in France, and Canale in Bordeaux. But first, if you like food and travel, check out DestinationEatDrink.com. I just posted a story about where to get the best gelato in Milan, Italy. Read that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. I also just posted a new video about living in Portugal and how much it costs each month. I made my home here for two years, so I thought you might be interested in that. See the video at DestinationEatDrink.com by clicking on the video tab or by going to my YouTube channel at DestinationEatDrink946. Okay, I'm starving for something sweet, so let's eat. Destination Eat Drink. Taish Van Royen is the founder of Amsterdam Food Tours. He tells me about the cookie called Stroopwafel and the best places to get them in Amsterdam. A friend of mine, when I lived in Austin, Texas, uh, a strange place to get Stroopwafel, but she was from Rotterdam, <laughs> and she started a little yep. Stroopwafel company. And at the farmer's market, she yep. would make fresh, hot Stroopwafels. And yep. this is where I fell in love with them with a cup of coffee. Um, I, would, I, 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 I yep. was a gelato maker, so I would put a scoop of gelato on top of the ah. Stroopwafel. It was really nice. Yeah. But anyway, um, talk to me about Stroopwafels a little bit. First of all, describe what they are, because I know what they are, but describe for our audience yes. who might not know, okay. what is a Stroopwafel? Yeah. What is a Stroopwafel? Okay, so a Stroopwafel is it, 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 a cookie, obviously, um, and it uh, has two main components, and that is the dough uh, and a caramel uh, syrup that comes with it. And actually, it's, so it's two cookies, and in between is the syrup. Um, a specific flavor is cinnamon. Um, that food has a lot of uh, spice flavors, and it has to do with our colonial history and our spice trade for hundreds of years. And um, how it's made is just the dough, uh, flour, and the water, and butter, and cinnamon, plus a bit of yeast. Um, and then they make a ball out of it, and that is, uh, goes under a, what is the English word, a pressure grill for two minutes and they are taking out and they have become a little bit fluffy like a shawarma bread you can imagine and then sliced open and then next to it you have a, a, a pan with hot uh, caramel a mixture of, of butter and sugar uh, and that goes in between the two slices and it's closed and then you enjoy it uh, but just be careful if you burn your tongue obviously because it's a rather hot um, so that's the stove if you have a good one they're so good hot too, right out of that little press <laughs> because yes. they're, they're crispy yes. Yes. and they're caramelly yes. and, and they're sweet. And then yeah. they've got the spice in there. Oh, so good. It, it, 
it's just a, a very a small piece of Christmas enjoyment <laughs> 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 to give to you. I, I would assume that when we go to Amsterdam, we get these at uh, just regular bakeries. Uh, do they make them fresh for you or do you get them prepackaged? How, how do they come normally? Yeah, there, so there is a trick because, uh, you know, you'll see them everywhere. Uh, even Starbucks has them on the menu right now, I believe, worldwide. Uh, and of course, you want to have the best one. So uh, you have to be, the best thing is you can source them at a local bakery with a local school. Um, and you have to check because the, the good quality uh, stroopoff is made with uh, real butter. And if you have the more touristy ones, the cheaper ones, they use margarine, which is uh, you know, inexpensive, obviously. But the real butter that gives you this real comfortable, good uh, flavor to it. Uh, and second to that, yeah, go to the market. And uh, for example, the market in the Jordan I talked about uh, last week on Saturday, they have a stall where they make fantastic uh, strobiles as you go. You can see them how to make it. And that's, uh, that's a real, uh, a real joy. Uh, last uh, tip, if you have them, you know, pre-pack up and you have them at your home, it's nice to eat them a little bit warm. So do it the Dutch. Take a cup of coffee, cup of tea, and put them on top of it. Leave them for a bit. And, uh, well, they are ready to go. Stu Helm, a.k.a. The Food Fan, is a foodie tour guide in Asheville, North Carolina. He tells me about the best spots to get donuts in the city. I did want to bring up a place in Asheville called Whole Donuts because those guys, um, at least when I was there, I'm sure they still do, they would like make the donuts to order. In other words, you order it and they fry the donut right there. And to me, that's just mind-blowing you know it's like it's the greatest thing because there's nothing like the donut fresh out of the fryer you know it's the best ever um and it sounds like uh you're familiar and you like whole donuts as well Stu. whole donuts is still around under new ownership but the new owners are super enthusiastic about owning it and they do a wonderful job and they're always in-house like behind the counter ringing up donuts and throwing them in the fryer and whole is very unique. They only have three flavors every day. One of them is plain. And the other two are the plain donut with some stuff on top of them. And they're super popular. Oh, my God. Tiny little space. They built a tiny house and then put the restaurant inside of a <laughs> tiny house. So, And they started as a food truck. So they're a real success story. And one of the most popular, very, very popular, still doing a great job. So you're absolutely correct about whole donuts. And I feel like I should mention we have another great donut maker in town called Stay Glazed. And Stay Glazed just makes fantastic, like, over the top. They they have, like, 10 or more different flavors every day. And everything from a kimchi donut to a sriracha frosted donut uh, to you name it. They're willing to try to throw it on top of a donut. They have one that's called Everything But The Bagel that has all the toppings from an everything bagel on a sweet donut. Genius. Strange and both loved and hated in this town. (laughs) I can imagine. Andrew Pryor is the man behind the fabulously delicious food tours and the podcast of the same name. He tells me about pan au chocolat and macarons in France. I recall in Paris, you know, when you go into a patisserie, you get uh, for breakfast a pan au chocolat, which is kind Mm -hmm. of a croissant with some dark chocolate in it. Um, But Mm -hmm. I then found 
that it goes by different names depending on what region you're in. And so I'm wondering, do we, when we go visit you in Vienna, do we call it Pano Chocolat or is there a different name for this? No, it is the Pano Chocolat. So there's the two, there's the, I saw a map on this. For most of France, it's a Pano Chocolat. When you get down south, it's a chocolate team, I want to say. Yes, chocolate team. And then that's it. And then up north, it's the something else as well and then even further up north there's a little part that decides it wants to call it something different as well and i want to say that maybe somewhere in Brittany that's maybe called something else but for the majority of france it is panel chocolat now brent i don't know if we've seen a picture of me or not um but uh I'm not exactly the thinnest person <laughs> in the world and i have eaten my fair share of Panel chocolates in my life, um, not just for research for tours, but just in life in general. And I am I am backed up by my um, by my husband on this one. The patisserie in town, not the bakery, but the patisserie in town, do make what I think is the best panel chocolate I've ever had. And I've had quite a few panel chocolates, but it is pretty darn amazing. Andrew has done the research, so you can trust his uh, <laughs> his take on the Pano Chocolat. In fact, it's so good, I would suggest just to come to Montmorillon just for the Pano Chocolat. Don't worry about anything else. Don't come for me. Don't come for anything <laughs> else in town. Just come for the Pano Chocolat. Seriously, it's that good. Your, your town is also famous for the uh, macarons. Um, mm -hmm. my, my, my aunt who speaks French and studied in French speaking Belgium, make sure that I say that properly. Macron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about them in the, in your town, Andrew. Yes. So it is famous. So it's one of the towns that has their own version of a macaron. So you will find again, similar to the different names for a pan of chocolate, there are different versions of uh, a macaron depending on where you are in France. So we all know a macaron as the, you know, what is made, made famous from La Dorée, and that would be the um, almond meringue, two biscuits with a, with a ganache or some sort of delicious cream in between those two biscuits. Oh and my God. they are just amazing. A little tip, if you do come to France and you find a place that sells them, um, buy them just before you leave to go back home. And then when you get home, uh, you take them over in the airport with your on board, not in your checked in luggage. But when you get them home, freeze them. Uh, and then take them out and defrost them, and they will just be as perfect as they were when they came out of the shop uh, if you do that process. It's just a little tip there that was given to me by a a, um, a pastry chef in Melbourne who was French. She used to do that all the time, and it works an absolute treat. But here in Montmorillon, we have the Montmorillon macaron, which is actually – a little bit, about, it's a little bit more like a macaroon. So you do know, do you know the difference now? I've got a question for you, Brent. Do you know the difference between a macaron, a macaroon and macron? No, I don't. Please educate okay, so, me. So the macar macaron, the, I've got to say this right. The macaron is the lovely biscuit that I mentioned from La Durée to, you know, the two almond uh, egg whites, uh, meringue biscuits uh, with a lovely ganache in between. The macaroon is often made with coconut uh, okay, or right, can right, be right. 
it could, you know, often made with coconut and is sort of, you know, uh, um, in a ball shape. And then, of course, Macron is a very uh, famous, uh, handsome French president. Um, <laughs> but so our Memorial Macron is uh, more or less, it's, it's sort of more like a macaroon. But instead of using coconut, now this is a guarded recipe. They will not tell me, no matter how many times I go in there and buy them, uh, they will not tell me how they make them. But instead of using coconut, they use almonds uh, in that. So so they still call it a macaron, even though it looks more like a macaroon. Uh, and then this is something that happens uh, all over France. There's other regions that have uh, macarons, uh, macaroons. <laughs> I keep on saying macaron. Um, I'm, I'm fixated. There's other regions that have macarons. Um, mac- I did it again. Macaroons that uh, just the biscuit. There's no ganache in between the with the meringue biscuit. They just sell the biscuit. And then there's other ones that uh, have them and they just, you know, they're completely different, have completely different ingredients. It's just the way it is here in France. There's just, you know, different things, different, the same name for different things. You're blowing my mind because I had no idea that they were so different um, from Ooh. the typical uh, macarons that we're familiar with that we get in every patisserie in Paris or uh, other cities. Um, so could we get these in just about mm-hmm. any bakery in your town of uh, Monte? Uh, help me say your name. Let me say the yeah, name of your uh, town. I want to get it right. Mont. Okay. We. Morion. Mont Morion. Okay, oui, but it's all the same name, so it's not Montes in Mont for mountain. Um, yeah. The story goes: we've just actually been doing a little bit of research, and there's, as I said, there's there's all in France. There's always different stories, but the one we sort of read recently, the, the way the town got its name was the was Mont, which is mountain for French. Um, but the Morion is something to do with the Moors, so the Moors have come through here. Oh, okay. um, we've had Romans through here. There's actually some Roman and ruins down the road, uh, just about a 10-minute drive on the way outside of town um, that are quite sort of fabulous to go see. It used to be a spa, apparently. Um, I don't know. Obviously, economic downturn and the spa disappeared um, and the Romans just left the ruins. So, thank you for that. Um, but, uh, no, it's uh, it's a gorgeous town. We have um, uh, so we have the macaron, but it's it's just, it's just in the patisserie, which sells also sells the the great uh, panel chocolate, and also uh, in the macaron museum. So there's a museum devoted to this macaron, and uh, they sell it. And they have a few shops in uh, Poitiers as well, and I think they have one in Limoges. I want to say as well, but apart from that, that's it. You can only get it here. Um, I think there might also be a chance that you could pick them up in Paris at uh, Le Bon Marché or Galleries Lafayette or one of those stores in their food hall. But usually you want to get it fresh and you want to get it straight from here. Darley Newman is the award-winning creator and host of the TV show Travels with Darley. She talks about some of the great pastries you can try when you visit Bordeaux. I mean, it is massive, this uh, Gâteau à la Broche. It is massive. I mean, I love those kind. I actually really like those big, funny food items now. And at first I thought they, oh, that's just for, you know, your pictures or social media. But there's usually a backstory to them. And sometimes they're, they're things that people have been making for quite some time. And 
it's if you if you ask about them and hear the history, you'll appreciate them even more. And so I I do find it fascinating and think it's a fun thing to to explore. I want to talk about another pastry because one of my all-time favorite pastries in France is the cannelée, and that's from Bordeaux. Um, and you enjoyed some cannelée. Uh, describe what it, exactly a cannelée is for folks who aren't familiar with it. Well, it's a pretty simple. I actually watched a chef create a cannelée. There aren't that many ingredients. It's it's a pretty simple process, but it's it is made with a number of egg yolks and they also put in rum and it came out of the wine industry they were using they were using this to like get out the sediment in the wine and doing it with the egg whites so they had these yolks left over and they decided this is the legend that i heard i mean i have to you know i'd have to like you hear these like food legend stories right right i'm yeah i'm sitting under this gate that's um dating back to the Middle Ages in the middle of Bordeaux. It's one of there's a couple of the um, old city gates that are still left, just a few. And there is a place where you can get cannelés right, you know, right beside one of these cool looking gates. Um, and this local guide, Orly Chopi, who does food tours of Bordeaux, was guiding me around and telling me this story of the cannelé. And I'm I'm trying these different cannelés because the place that we went had um, different flavors and basically the outside gets caramelized and it's in, it's in a specific cylindrical type shape. It almost looks like a small bunt cake to me. Um, if you, if you know what those are and the outside gets caramelized, so it's crispy and the inside is often like a little bit, I wouldn't say rubbery, but it's a, it's a different sort of a texture, but it's really tasty and it's not so sweet. It's not the type of pastry that it's super sweet and it's not, you know, it's just, I feel like it's just the right amount, but there is rum in it, which you can usually taste if you're, if you're trying it. And <laughs> yes. when I watched the chef making it, I was like, when are we adding the rum? But this is a, it's, yeah, this is a, it gets a, like the sweet crust on the outside and it is this traditional pastry in Bordeaux. I like to try those local pastries when I'm trying the, you know, when I'm traveling, this was, I had a vanilla one with orally and uh, again, something that came out of you know, came, came has come down through history, came out of the wine industry, which you think about Bordeaux, you think about wine. And this is a, if you're not a wine drinker and you're traveling Bordeaux, to Bordeaux, this is something you definitely have to try this little type of cake. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it has a, a interesting history and it's just a fun, and you'll see them all over Bordeaux. I mean, if you're traveling around and you start to look, you'll see them in a lot of the pastry shops and there are specific cannelé shops there as well. I love the cannelé. I love that little crunch you get when you bite into mm. that uh, crispy caramelized exterior, and then you get the flavor of the rum with the cake on the inside. It's so good. But I, I love the story about the um, wine industry using the egg whites as a clarifying agent, because you hear that several places. I've been to France several places when they talk about the pastries. They're like, well, they had all these egg yolks left over. And now that I live in Portugal... I hear a very similar story because every town in Portugal seems like it has its own pastry, just like in France. And the story that they commonly tell is, well, they use the egg whites for the uh, monks to starch their collars or the nuns to starch their habits. So they had all these egg yolks left over. And that's how they made, for example, pastel de nada in Lisbon. But there's a million of them all over Portugal. So I love hearing these these kind of legends that you know, for from 500, 600 years ago, no one can really verify them, but 
it makes for a great story, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you, I, I like to know the history of different foods and how things came to be. And I think a lot of travelers are diving into that and people in general, even more now, because food is such an important part of everyone's lives. So when you understand where things came from, why things came to be, it, it's not only makes for fun conversation when you're out with friends, but it's, it's, it's makes you appreciate the food that much more. I want to talk about one more pastry that you sampled in Bordeaux, Darley, called the uh, Dune Blanche. And I haven't had this before, but it looked really delicious. It looked like kind of a mini cream puff, sort of. H- how would you describe it? Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. I could have eaten like 10 of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I did have a number of them. Um, but it's it looks like... Um, I, I would say, I mean, it looks like some other pastries you would have had. It's filled with a really light cream that just almost melts in your mouth in a velvety sort of way. And there's a place, a shop in Bordeaux. There's many shops that, again, make these. But then there's one that's famous for it that we were able to stop on our food tour. And um, it had like a beach theme. And they, all they served was the Dune Blanche. That's all you could get there. So we walked over to that place, of course, and had these wonderful cream-filled, tasty treats that were just so light and airy. And it was, you know, it's coming from the Dune Blanche has that white cream filling from reminiscent of the beaches. So you can look at it and think, oh, I could see popping one of these into my mouth when I'm on, you know, in the beat on the beach in France. But I mean, they had different flavors. They, you know, mango one day, regular cream on another, and they were fantastic. I would definitely recommend again seeking these out, trying a Canelet when you're in Bordeaux. So if you're not a wine drinker, there are a lot of things that you can have <laughs> when you're traveling throughout Bordeaux. Not only the cheese, of course, but also these wonderful pastries. Okay. Having a sugar rush for sure. And Darley will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about the new season of her show, Travels with Darley, which premieres on PBS in January. And I've got links to Darley's stuff as well as all the other guests on this week's show in the show notes. Get that at radiomisfits.com slash DED261. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, don't miss it. We are in Auckland, New Zealand. It might be freezing here in the Northern Hemisphere, but it's summer in New Zealand. And I'll talk with foodie tour guide L. Armin Jones about coffee, wine, and getting banned from a country over cheese. Don't miss that. And if you enjoy Destination Eat Drink, be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Only takes a second. And thank you very, very much. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Ed Silla, a guy whose favorite flavor of Dune Blanche is Johnny Walker. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.